This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. Welcome to Happy Class. This is a special bonus series of the Live Free Creative podcast, where I, Miranda Anderson, give you a little bit of an inside scoop into my Master of Applied Positive Psychology program at UPenn. I am going to spend the 2022-2023 school year diving deep into the science of well-being, answering the question, what makes life worth living? And I'm excited to share little bits and pieces along the way with you. So whether you're interested in what's it like being in graduate school as an almost 40-year-old, or if you, like me, are interested in living a little bit better life, I hope that you'll enjoy these quick, thoughtful insights as to the things that I'm learning and what I think about them. Hop into my backpack. Let's head on in to happy class. Hey, welcome back to happy class. I'm Miranda Anderson. This is week 12 of class for me. It has been great. Over the last week, I celebrated Thanksgiving with my family and some neighbors. We had a really great holiday meal, mostly ordered in, which was a nice way to celebrate and also acknowledge the season that I'm in that's extremely busy and full of good things. I took a couple days off of school because of the holiday, despite not having an actual break, like my homework load is the same as it has been during other sections. I needed that break and I learned that from the last section that having a few days off, even in the middle of what feels like sort of a whirlwind of homework and assignments and readings is really beneficial for me. I think I'm learning that I, my personality and my workflow tends to operate best with really separate and solid sessions of time where I can focus deeply on one thing or another. And it's funny because I I know this about myself from the last, you know, 10 years of working. I remember writing a blog post about this, you know, probably in 2014 or 2015, how when I kept my, you know, mothering really solid and that my work hours were clearly defined and I like hired a babysitter or would work during nap time that I felt better as a mom and as a creative entrepreneur. When things start to blur, like the the lines between the focus on different parts of my life 
start to blur, I tend to feel like I'm not doing as well in any of the areas. And it's interesting because I know that the skill sets that I'm using across my different roles in my life benefit each other. So the the focus and you know determination and efficiency that I am exercising and learning in my school capacity benefits me in my mothering and in my relationships. And the understanding and empathy and presence that I build through mothering and through building relationships and friendships in turn helps me be a more interesting and empathetic business owner. And the creativity and innovation that I use in my business then influences my ability to think outside the box in school. All of the, sc- the skills and tools of the different areas of my life, the different roles that I serve, translate into the other areas really beautifully and really meaningfully. The actual focus and attention that I give to each of these areas feels better to me when it's pretty clearly separate. So taking a couple days off completely felt better to me than like dipping my toes in and doing a little bit of schoolwork, but then also trying to be present with my kids and family. And I could have done that, like taken a couple hours in the morning to do some readings and, you know, defined it that way. My brain and body really needed that downtime and needed that rest away from work and school. So it was nice to take a couple days off. I curled up and watched a couple Christmas movies with my kids. I very rarely watch TV. I mean, when I do, I I have nothing against TV. I like it fine, but I just often find that there's many other things to do that that I want to do more. And it was nice to have a couple nights where I said, hey, it was cold outside and we turned on the fire and said, let's watch some movies. We watched some Christmas movies and got in the spirit of things. And on Thanksgiving itself, I woke up early. Even though I hadn't set an alarm, I felt good and woke up and was able to spend most of the day cooking. And by cooking, I mean reheating things that I had bought at Trader Joe's and ordered in (laughs) for our, our Thanksgiving Friendsgiving meal. It was really nice. And then now that I've sort of dove back into schoolwork, you know, appreciated the holiday, spent that time felt that rest, like felt it all the way into my into my bones. I was able to pick up schoolwork with a renewed enthusiasm, dive into my readings, and I've started now. I, I wrote a paper that was due over the weekend, and it went really well. I gave myself the day, like it was due. <laughs> this is, I don't know if it's good or bad procrastination, but I gave myself the day that it was due to, to write it. So I woke up in the morning, took the dogs on a walk, sat down at my computer and said, I'm not leaving my office until this draft is written. Got a whole draft done in about four hours. And then I took a break away from it, gave Dave a chance to go through it and edit it. He's a great editor. And so it's been really nice to have him as sort of my backup beyond like the editor tool in Word. I I pass things over to Dave to take a once over and to bounce ideas around with. And then I was able to go back in in the evening, revise it and turn it in an hour and a half before the deadline. So cheers to that. The paper was about mindfulness. I mentioned last week I'm super interested and intrigued and feel very strongly about the um, research and benefits of mindfulness. And so I wrote a paper 
about mindfulness and its application in the lives of mothers, women, particularly mothers. And I will share more about that in a future podcast episode. I shared a little bit about like a a quick meditation last week, and I am going to share some more of the research and the data around that, the benefits, and some ways to incorporate it into even a busy life as a mom. So look forward to that. I know I am. And now I have this week and I guess a week and a half before I get into class again. So this week is going to be a lot of readings. I did a call yesterday. Fun to see some of my classmates again. I turned in a statistics assignment over the weekend as well. I have a couple papers due this week and some experiential learning happening. And I'm also getting close to when I need to make a clear decision around my capstone thesis project. So I will be spending a little bit of time mulling over some of those ideas, discussing them with some classmates, and trying to sort of funnel down into what specifically I want to spend six months researching for that project. So overall, right now with school, things are feeling good. I feel like I have a little bit better of a handle on the rhythm and the expectations and I'm really enjoying it. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. One of the readings that I completed this week that was really impactful for me, I wanted to share a little bit more about here. It's an article from 2017 by Pedrati and Edwards about the importance of cultural context in positive psychology. This article talks about how psychology as a field and positive psychology, which is newer, of course, than psychology itself, tends to promote Western and majority culture ideals as positive, at the same time ignoring or even pathologizing traits of non-Western populations. So this idea that psychology emerged in a world primarily run by white, upper-middle-class, educated men, and that that perspective and that Western sort of domination perspective has shaped the way that even positive psychology talks about what is desirable and what is not. This article takes a fascinating pulled back perspective on the way that culture and individual identity is super nuanced and that what one culture or community might consider a strength, another may consider a weakness or something that they are not interested in developing. Even the core 
idea of happiness, of what that looks like and what it feels like, varies among cultures and populations. And when we are prescriptive about what happiness is supposed to look like or what we think you should be aiming for, that we may be missing the mark if we're not incorporating the complexity and intersectionality of individuals. An example that the article gives is that in a lot of Western cultures, that very high valence emotions or high arousal emotions like enthusiasm, excitement, joy, these things that you can see on people's faces that have pretty high energy surrounding them, that we recognize those as positive, as what we're aiming for when we're talking about happiness. And then the article goes on to explain that in a lot of Asian or Eastern cultures, it's very low arousal emotion that are considered what people are aiming for as their central happiness, the idea of peace or feeling balanced or feeling wholeness. Those are not bouncing off the walls energies. You know, imagine the difference between someone who is looking peaceful and the and someone who's looking enthusiastic. Very different energies. You may say if you have a Western perspective that the enthusiastic person appears to be happier. Where if you are from an Eastern culture or have an Eastern perspective, you may think the person who looks peaceful tends to look happier, that you'd rather, you'd prefer that in terms of what you're hoping for in your life as a whole. I loved the different perspective that this article gave me as a white woman coming from a primarily Western culture who I identify as someone who tends to be high energy and appreciate higher energy emotions or that I've thought of in my life as someone who is aiming for that sort of high arousal emotion as a positive state. I think as I've gotten older, definitely maybe a little bit calmer in general just because of my age and maturity level, I recognize the value of some of those lower arousal emotions as something that I prefer and am aiming for. It's interesting to think that that varies across culture. It varies across dimensions of communities and that it's something that needs to be taken into account when we're both measuring, studying, and prescribing interventions for how to help people live good lives. What that means is going to be different depending on the person and the context. In particular, this article addresses differences in the context of race and ethnicity, disability, gender, social class, and sexual orientation. And all of those and more need to be included when we're considering the context around researching, measuring, prescribing, and simply just thinking about the different ways that one may attain the good life, that that idea in and of itself may differ depending on these different contexts. I love this article from a research perspective, from a an analytical sort of data perspective. I also love it just as a human person to remember that everyone that we are interacting with is an individual and that the different components that make up their viewpoints, their stories, their hopes and dreams, the things that will benefit them in their lives may be different than what I might assume for them that the best place that I can begin is with curiosity and empathy and 
rather than proposing or overlaying expectations onto someone that makes sense for me from my perspective, asking questions and allowing myself to be open to a new perspective that is probably, if not a lot, then at least a little bit different from my own. This very human and empathetic and open approach is something that I value and hope to continue to keep front of mind in my work, the things that I'm sharing and learning and teaching, and the way that I approach life as a whole, to recognize that people are individuals and everyone has different strengths, weaknesses, and desires. And the more I pay attention with openness and awareness, the more likely I am to get close to something that makes sense and is beneficial for the people that surround me in my life that I interact with every day. I hope that this has been helpful and gives you something to think about for your life and your circles of influence as well. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, Get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy.